0: God's instructions at the time this podcast is released we are into the first full week of social distancing due to the coronavirus it sure is good to know that our Elohim is near and listening to our prayers I'm Tim
1: and I miss I get it good play on words Dan well in our last podcast we talked about our Elohim's second and third commandments Please recall that the first four or five represent how we are to relate to Elohim. The rest outline how we are to relate to one another. In today's podcast, we will discuss the fourth commandment or word.
0: You can email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Google Play. We love to hear from you.
1: And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Feel free to send in your questions or words of encouragement. It's nice to know we're not alone. And speaking of not being alone, greetings to our listeners in Delaware and India.
0: Perhaps it's clearer now than ever. We are one race, occupying the same beautiful and small planet. The Most High has given mankind increased knowledge and wisdom to understand challenges like this coronavirus challenge. Leaders and experts around the world have developed strategies to combat the spread of this virus. We can actually come together and make a difference.
1: Yes, we can make a difference and we must. Some believers may feel it is a denial of Jehovah's power to implement these social distancing strategies. If you feel that way, please reconsider Maybe Elohim has used His power to put the power in our hands. We can slow the spread of this virus and preserve life, giving more people an opportunity to hear the gospel. Please, stay informed, act responsibly, take care of each other, and most importantly, pray to the Elohim of Israel and follow His instructions.
0: Amen, Mama. Now back to our scheduled topic. The first three words or commandments are number one, I am Jehovah Elohecha, or your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land or the house of bondage. Number two, don't bring any other gods in my face. Number three, don't carry the name of Jehovah Elohecha, or your God, as if it is worthless. Now we go to the fourth word. Oddly enough, the fourth word has more words in it than any of the other nine. It is also, when you look at the Christian church, the most disregarded of the ten words.
1: The fourth commandment reads, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it set apart. You will work for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of Jehovah Eloheka. In it you will not do any work, not you, nor your children, nor your employees, nor any animals that you own, nor any person that's visiting in your town. Because in six days, Jehovah made heaven and earth, the waters and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. That is why Jehovah blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart. These are the words found in Exodus chapter 20, verse eight through 11. Deuteronomy chapter five, verses 12 through 15 contain the same commandment, but with a few extra words. Verse 15
0: adds, Remember that you were a servant in the land of Egypt and that Jehovah Elohecha brought you out of there with a mighty hand and stretched out arm. That's why Jehovah Elohecha commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So, because of their many years of hard labor, Jehovah Elohecha instructed his covenant people to observe the seventh day as a day of rest forever. Now that's what I call a good deal, and another good reason that Elohim gives for the Sabbath.
1: In explaining how we recognize the Sabbath, the account Exodus 20 uses the Hebrew word zakor, which means to remember. The account in Deuteronomy chapter five uses the Hebrew word shamar, which means to keep or to guard. One version says to remember the Sabbath, The other says to keep or guard the Sabbath. Of course, we know that this is not an either-or situation. We are instructed to do both.
0: In Exodus 31, Elohim has more to say about the Sabbath. In verse 13, he said, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, For sure you will keep my Sabbaths, because it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. So that you may know that I am Yehovah who sets you apart. Verses 14 and 15 underscore how serious Jehovah was and is about the Sabbath. In both verses, he reminds the people that there's a death penalty for breaking the Sabbath. At that time, there was no sacrifice that could atone for any person um, who broke this instruction. Spoken and heard in Elohim's own voice. Isaiah 53 and 11 reads Elohim will see the travail or the anguish of his soul and will be satisfied. By his knowledge will my righteous servant justify many because he will carry their iniquities. Yeshua is the righteous servant who, through great suffering, carried our iniquities, Mm. including our disregard. Of our Elohim's sabbath. So we don't have to die for that infraction anymore.
1: Hallelujah. And daddy, like Paul said, should we continue in sin and iniquity, which means lawlessness? That grace may abound?
0: Mm, God forbid. How should we that are dead to sin live any more therein? We can't do it. Nope. His instructions are crystal clear. The grace that Yeshua bought for us took care of our death sentence, but it does not give us license to continually disregard his instructions.
1: Amen. Uh, Exodus 31, verses 13 through 17, again, says one, the Sabbath is a sign between Jehovah and the children of Israel. And we're grafted in, so that includes us. That's right. Two, this is a perpetual covenant, so it does not end. We will be observing and celebrating it, the Sabbath, even in the millennium kingdom to come. Three, it is holy to Jehovah, and only he can declare something to be holy. And if he says it's holy, we should say it's holy. And speaking of how our Elohim considers the Sabbath, did you know that it is the first thing he mentions as part of his feast, which is found in Leviticus 23? Verse 3 says, he wants us to observe it on the seventh day of each week, that there is no work to be done on this day, that it's a time of rest and a time of a holy gathering of His people, and it's to be remembered and observed how He instructed wherever we live. Check out our podcast, Episode 6, God's Calendar, for more on the Feast of Jehovah.
0: Earlier in this podcast, I said that the fourth word, is the most disregarded of the 10 words. Far too many Christian churches openly defy the Sabbath, citing the New Covenant and the ministry of the Messiah as the reasons for breaking it. Miss, let's talk about some of the reasons we've heard for Sunday worship and ignoring the seventh-day Sabbath. This first reason involves a little history, going back to 325 A.D., Mm. Now, this example shows uh, the beginning of the separation between Jewish and Gentile Christians. Following their profession of faith in Yeshua, Jewish Christians had to accept the following creed of Emperor Const- Constantine and the Roman Church. Let me try and read this. I renounce all customs, rites, legalism, unleavened breads, and sacrifices of the Hebrews, and all feasts of the Hebrews, prayers, purifications, sanctifications, new moons, Sabbaths, superstitions, hymns, synagogues, and the food and drink of the Hebrew. In one word, I renounce everything Jewish, every law, custom, and if afterwards, I wish to return to Jewish superstitions, or shall be found eating with the Jews, or secretly conversing and condemning the Christian religion instead of openly condemning their vain faith, let the trembling of Gehazi cleave to me as well as the legal punishment to which I acknowledge myself liable. And may I be cursed in the world to come, and may my soul be set down with Satan and the devils.
1: Wow. That's wow. It's pretty bad. That's really bad. When I first heard that Constantine was the emperor who brought Christian Christianity to the world, they didn't mention anything anything like this. This sounds more like hatred for the believers in Yeshua and for Jews in general. If this creed was what was required to be considered a Christian, it's no wonder Jews today are leery of the Christian faith.
0: I'm with you. Now, you found some other quotes and statements that point out the um, origins of Sunday worship replacing the Sabbath. Let's share some of those uh, with our listeners.
1: Okay. Okay, uh, the first one, The Whole Works of Jeremy Taylor, Volume 9, page 416 reads, The primitive Christian did keep the Sabbath with Did keep the Sabbath of the Jews, therefore, the Christians for a long time together did keep their convocations upon the Sabbath in which some portions of the law were read, and this continued until the time of the Laodicean Council. Mm -hmm. And here's another example Collier's from Collier's Encyclopedia, volume 7, pages or page 212, and it reads. Constantine published the Edict of Milan, granting freedom of religion in the empire and establishing Sunday as the day of worship.
0: Mm. The Catholic record, uh, specifically the one dated September first, 1923, that particular edition reads, Sunday is our mark of authority. The Catholic Church is above the Bible, Mm. and this transference of the Sabbath observance is proof of that fact. Also, in a letter dated February 10th, 1920, Chancellor Albert Smith for the Cardinal of Baltimore's Archdiocese wrote the following. If Protestants would follow the Bible, they should worship God on the Sabbath day, which by God is Saturday. In keeping the Sunday, they are following a law of the Catholic Church.
1: Tim, I would rather follow the word of God than man. What say you?
0: As for me and my house, well, you know how we roll. We will serve Jehovah Elohecha, and we will follow his instructions.
1: Amen. Another misplaced justification for Sunday worship can be found in John chapter 20, verse 1. It reads On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early, while it was still dark, to the tomb and saw that the stone was rolled away. Because Yeshua rose on a Sunday morning, this is sometimes used as justification when asked, Why don't we worship on the Sabbath, like our scripture says? But, as we've already seen, based on the previous quotes we read, that as early as the 3rd century, after Yeshua's resurrection, there have been those who desire to change the tenets of the faith faith once given to the saints. And based on what we read, the Catholic church seems pretty proud of their accomplishment.
0: And I do, in addition, there is nothing in scripture that suggests the disciples, including Paul, stopped worshiping or teaching on the Sabbath, or where Yeshua himself told his disciples to change the day our Elohim chose. Some say that any day is a good day to worship, While I believe that's true on its face, it does not give license to ignore the fourth commandment or to teach any other practice. In the King James Version, the word Sabbath is mentioned in 146 verses. So neither the Bible nor Elohim is silent about the Sabbath. So what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs? were out of line with the Father's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and recognize the Sabbath as a nice option and a nice analogy to refer to the Messiah? Or would you take the red pill, remember and guard the Sabbath day? It is a sign between Elohim and Israel, so Israel may know that it is Yehovah who sets Israel apart. My question for you is, Are you a part of Israel? Only you can answer those questions.
1: Well, that's it for today's podcast. Next week, we will be discussing more of our Elohim's commandments. Please go back and listen again to what we shared. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you You can can handle handle the truth. truth.